talk through options here. It is uh, five after six, so you've got 25 minutes before we need to be upstairs. We've got uh, three things that are on the agenda. Uh, one is uh, for you all to raise some questions and issues on the, on the budget. Yes, sir. Uh, one is uh, Digstown um, uh, follow-up to some a presentation you got in July from uh, Mr. Konak. Uh, frankly, the, 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 the action is I'm going to sign a support letter uh, for what they're doing out there. I just want to make sure you all are comfortable with what's happening. And then we've got George Homewood doing a piece on Park Place. Um, I would tell you, I think you've got a pretty good handle on Park Place. We, we, could, we could push Park Place off. Um, you could, um, frankly, we could run around and do some two-on-two -two kind of stuff on uh, Digstown. I think we can do, I th also think we can do that in about 10 minutes. So, so my thought would be take 15 minutes and raise your budget issues, and and, um, and then take uh, ten and knock out Konak. Can you so, do that? <coughs> well, it may take longer. I mean, well, we got two more work set, but yeah, great. So, question. so let me tell you what right. we, Mr. Riddick, um, what the plan is for for us to have uh, at least three work sessions on the budget. This first work session uh, will be for us to raise questions about the manager's proposed budget, uh, and the next work session, the second work session. Uh, the manager and staff will bring back answers to the questions and the third and final work session we will reconcile um, reconcile the budget uh, so mr. manager that's how I would like to proceed on our work session unless there are any objections mr. Smith no, and I just wanted to say we have on here that the real estate tax rate public hearing is 630 to 7 if we don't start at 630 and is there like anybody signed up for it what what I was going to suggest is that if we don't have anybody to sign up Sheila's going to come down about two minutes before and let us know, and the mayor and the city attorney and I could go up, call the meeting to order, adjourn it, and then come back down here. Okay. And, and so we, do work. Yeah, we have that. Yeah. That's great. Or could you do that at 655 before the other meeting? Do you have to do it at 630? Um, Since it's announced at 630. We should have. Maybe the meeting at Starland time. Okay, never mind. We could go up at. We announce our meetings at seven o'clock, and sometimes Kenny doesn't start until seven o two. We could go up at six thirty. And if somebody signed up, ask if they could stay. So continue it. So let's um, so let's talk a little bit about the about the about the budget. So, um, so Mr. Mr. Manager, um, I want to talk a little bit about public education. Uh, in the budget, we had our uh, public hearing last last week on public education, and it appeared from some of the conversation that a lot of the uh, school teachers uh, believe that in the school board's proposed budget or a budget they passed, that there there was a, a, a teacher's pay increase, or there was from the conversations of the speakers. However, after careful examination of the school board's budget. Uh, that there is no pay increase for teachers. Am I correct? That's our understanding. Yes. Um, I, th I think majority of us at this table uh, believe that uh, teachers, and especially classroom teachers, uh, deserve some type of pay increase or some type of bonus. Um, I, I was hoping that we would have you know the school improvement plan but I believe that probably by October if we work with the school board that we will get the the school improvement plan that will include um, 
school zones, facility maintenance, education programs, career technical education, ultimately a school funding formula, talk about access capacity and repurposing some buildings and taking some buildings offline and of course teacher pay. But that probably won't happen until October as we work with MPS on the school improvement plan. Is that your understanding? That's what we're hearing, yes sir. So Mr. Manager, I would like to make a proposal to amend the budget to include a uh, teacher's bonus as we did for sheriff deputies and as we also did um, in the past for for retirees and um, and this bonus will uh, model the, uh, the, uh, the, the the teacher salary scale um, one-time bonus to focus on classroom teachers uh, we could look at the 2710 uh, classroom teachers that's defined in the Siegel Waters uh, comp plan. Uh, this one-time bonus is structured on the same step scale that's used in the teacher salary scale where the first three steps increases our 0.5%, the next eight steps increases our 2%, and the last 14 step increases are 3%. Uh, this may cost a few million dollars, but I ask for you to include uh, this in your your budget one-time bonuses until we can work with Norfolk public schools uh, on the school improvement plan to look at the <coughs> predetermined uh, funding formula and for um, for uh, this comprehensive school improvement plan that will include uh, other action items okay we can we can work that out and, and, and so uh, we're talking about 2,710 employees, Mr. Manager. understand. And right. some bonuses will be as low as maybe a couple hundred dollars, and some bonuses will be probably over $1,400. We will, we will run all the math for you, which we've got some preliminary thoughts, and, and uh, bring that back to you. Thank you, Mr. Manager, for your consideration. Mrs. Griggs. Okay, I have two questions. One is, um, are we, is this just teachers that we're bonusing? And are we forgetting about the support staff as well as janitors and yep. bus drivers and so, so principals? <coughs> no, I'm kidding. But so, are we, I mean, what are we, what are we doing here? So, Mrs. Graves, um, the school board sent over a budget, did not include any of that. And um, in the budget that was presented to us by the manager, we um, gave additional dollars to sheriff deputies. We uh, did some things for our, 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 our first responders, our, our police. We worked with the FOP with uh, uh, Mike Goldsmith and I. We worked with the FOP and the union. We uh, did some increases for our sanitation workers. Um, we even had the retirees to agree to a study uh, about retirement. But we did not have that same relationship or same opportunity to work with uh, MPS. Um, however, I think teachers, classroom teachers, deserve a bonus. And in October of this year, those other employees that you mentioned um, should be included in a school improvement plan that we hope to work with NPS and have that plan by October of 2017 
um, so that it will have an impact on our budget that starts uh, July 1st of 2018 and ends June 30th of 2019. And I understand what you're saying because, uh, you know, no disrespect, but I sat through those presentations when we were talking about the sheriffs and all those people and, you know, doing their steps and, and whatnot with Marcus and Sabrina. But, and, and that was a lot of conversation and a lot of study and a lot of looking at what was going into um, creating those steps as well as what the cost would be. And so when you say that we have a bonus of $100 and some as much as $1,400 and we haven't really had conversation about it and the school board, one of the, one of the things that I think I've consistently said is that it annoys me when we have these budget hearings and the school teachers have to come before the council and beg the council for a raise because the school board did not see fit to put a raise in their budget. And I just wonder if those people went to the school board's public hearing and 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 begged, if you will, which they shouldn't have to do, but begged the school board for money for raises for the teachers. When Melinda Boone was here and she talked about the $10 million that they wanted extra, it didn't include raises. So I want to give, I'm not opposed to giving teachers raises at all or any of the other staff, but I just think it requires more thought and I think that it requires um, working with the school board and making sure that, are we giving them this in lieu of $10 million? Or what are we doing with the $10 million ask that they've asked for? Are we giving them $10 million plus? The $10 million did not make it in the manager's uh, proposed budget. Um, some of the teachers yeah, believed that they were uh, getting uh, a pay raise. You may recall at the public hearing last week. At the public hearing last week, uh, some of the comments um, that were directed towards us uh, talked about steps and pay raises and so what's in the school board's past budget is language and the language reads something like this um, five billion dollars money uh, for the implementation of phasing in the recommendation of the comp study now I try to which is more money for teachers not necessarily because we asked, we asked the direct question, is, is this a raise for teachers? And the answer was no. The cop study more so raise. So that's directly from the school board. Can I ask you talk? Yes, please. Okay, huh? great. Do you mind if I get teacher again? Go for it. We, 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 we would mind. During this time, I get teacher. So I'm gonna get, um, I wanna share data with you guys. So when I was elected in 2010, it was well known that I worked for Norfolk Public Schools. Um, in fact, my opponent used that against me, um, and everybody knew. And so since I've been on council, I have been an advocate for the school system. And anytime there's been a discussion about raises for principals or assistants, I've stayed out of that. I always care about the students and the teachers um, first. What I'm giving you is um, something that I've asked from Marcus Jones and Sabrina for seven years, and I was able to Google and find um, it finally. Um, I even asked Doug for it, and I don't know if his folks are working on it. Um, and I know that some people got wind that I was gonna talk today, and it was funny that 
some of the presentations that were shared with us um, are trying to address some of my ideas on um, dealing with this. So the, what I wanted to give you is this chart right here, which is exactly where our budget folks get their numbers from um, to run our budget book. So those little pretty graphs and charts that are in our budget book, they pull those numbers directly from the state superintendent's report. Um, and it compares all of the localities, um, counties, towns, cities, everybody. I wanted to break it down for you um, just to help educate everybody about this. And it's not to be mean, and I appreciate the mayor's um, you know, willingness to look for more money for the schools, but I want you to see how bad it really is, um, particularly with local funding. So there's one chart, one graph that's always on the budget book that explains that we spend $11,417 per pupil. That is, we're number one. And every year I've been on council, Paul Frame used to say that out loud. We spend more per pupil. We spend, Marcus Jones, we spend more per, Sabrina would say it. But the devil's in the details. And if you look at this and you look to the right, you'll see um, when you just take local and state funds, we drop to fifth. And then when you look at local, just local funds, we're fourth. This is comparing to the seven cities. Um, and then if you look at federal funds, you'll see that we're number one on there. We, we get more federal funds than any other locality, actually the significant amount per pupil. The part that's over on the right side is, um, on the bottom, is percent of local funds contributed. So I didn't look at our overall budget. I'm just looking at school funds and compared how much we contribute how much local funds are contributed in the overall school budget. And you'll see that it were 33.8% is local funds. And you can compare that to the rest of the localities. So we follow the number six, just above Portsmouth, which is pretty pitiful people if we're just above Portsmouth on that. And you can see that Virginia Beach is at 48.7% of their local funds. I threw Richmond on there because in the past, we've always been compared to Richmond. And you will see that Richmond, um, is significant when it comes to how much they spend in their local dollars towards education at $6,187. So I'm telling you all this because I want you to understand that it does look on the surface that we do fund a lot more, but the federal funding, which I gave you an attachment that I, I requested from the school board's <coughs> budget office about how that federal funds are spent and I hope that everybody understands that federal funds have strings attached to them and you can only spend them in certain areas. So our school system has less flexibility <coughs> on how they can spend their funds because they are told that you have to spend this on special education teachers or child nutrition or on um, interventionists for Title I. And the other sad reality is, is everybody probably knows that Donald Trump has recommended a budget that basically eliminates all federal funding from education. If that were to happen, our school system could lose up to $55 million of that. So I've heard concerns too about the school system's ADM going down. So what I did is I just in my head and did some math and, and worked this out. I just said, let's, let's lower it down to the 28,000 so that they predicted and compare that to local funding for Virginia Beach and Chesapeake. So even taking those kids out, if Norfolk would fund at the same rate locally that Virginia Beach does, we would have to put $45 million more in our budget to meet what Virginia Beach does. If we were to do what Chesapeake does, it would be $20 million. And that's taking the ADM out. That's how much further behind we are locally. And you can look and see that Virginia Beach and Chesapeake 
do get less federal dollars. Now that should also tell you what we're dealing with in Norfolk is higher poverty, more special ed, and we do get some impact aid from this. So all these years that Marcus and Sabrina and Paul Frame would sit in front of everybody and tell us that we spend more per pupil, you have to look at the individual numbers. There is more flexibility with how you can spend your local funds, which is why Virginia Beach and Chesapeake and some of the other localities are able to continuously offer 2% raises to their teachers every year. And Norfolk cannot because we don't have the extra funds unless it comes directly from this council in order to be able to do that. So we promised last year as a council, and I'm wrapping up, Kenny, we, we promised last year as a council that we were going to do some type of revenue sharing. We said that, and it got we, what we did is we kicked the can down the road again, and we said we're not going to do it this year. We want to wait. And I understand the need for accountability with the school system, but folks, there is more accountability with that school system, particularly with the state, than you'll ever see. And they have presented plans to us. They've done their comprehensive plans, and we used to tell them to stop doing that at the presentations because we kept on hearing the same thing over and over. And you do have a new superintendent and school board that need time to maybe do it their way. But the fact is, is the accountability is already there because the state's telling them what they need to do. So what I'm asking for, and it's bold, it's about this council being bold. We had $18 million in revenue, and we took all of that $18 million extra in our budget, and we put it towards our other two priorities, public safety and housing. But we did not give one dime of that to education. We said those are our priorities, but we continuously say that education is our priority. And we had to eat a little bit of that at the public hearing with people saying, you always run and say schools are number one, but you never act on it. So my bold request is going back to 2003, and I was not counseled, uh, only a few of you were here, and there was um, a vote to increase taxes on to have the public amenities fund. But there is no ordinance that says that it has to go to certain things. That is a council decision. And I asked that years ago um, when we were voting on the main, and one of the reasons why I voted against it is because I felt that we could take that money and shift it. And in order for this school system to get whole and to do that paying comp, implementation so they can get there. I've a I'm asking for $6 million to come out of the public amenities fund. So there's $8 million that's there, and I know the numbers changed overnight after maybe somebody got wind that I was going after it, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, there's still money in that account left over that we could spend, and it's up to us as a council to be bold and say, right now, if education's our priority, then we need to take this cash that's coming in, this tax, and we need to spend it on one of our priorities. We've built up downtown, we've spent that money there, so now it's time to, since 2003 we've done that, let's shift it, and later on if we need to look for funds to fix scope and do things, then we need to look at other things and collapse that money. But education has to be the priority. I've, I've been on this council and for a long time, those kids who live in Super Ward 7 has been, have been treated very disrespectfully with our budget. And you now have a council, and I'm looking at those who represent Super, Super Ward 7, you have a council that is the most diverse it's ever been and respects that. And there is an opportunity here to help those families that are hurting. And that all of our unaccredited schools are in Super Ward 7. And we are not doing anything to help with that other than to say, kick the can down the road again. Those are the schools that are losing all of their quality teachers if they even get them, if they can fill it. Because, because of the issues that we're having. So we have to sit here, we have to be bold and say, it's time to shift our priorities, even if it's just for two years. 
and give the school system the two years to come back with a plan. Because Martin, you can close Willoughby if you want to, but you're only going to get a one-time savings of probably about $600,000 when you do that. So you could close all the, you have to close like 10 schools in order to get that money back. But we owe it to the kids at the end of the day. We owe it to those kids to do something for them so that we can start saving this. Because if not, you're going to see another bad report with our schools because they cannot handle this cuts and the continuous cuts anymore. And it will get even worse if the federal funding goes away. So uh, I think that the school, the school board and the council will have uh, the school improvement plan October. Um, so we'll, we are working, we, we will work with, uh, with, uh, with the school to have the plan in October. So it should not take two years. And the plan uh, will include not only pay and comp and career technification, uh, facility maintenance and uh, excess capacity, repurposing some schools, closing some schools or taking some schools offline. Um, as far as shifting money from the public amenities fund, uh, I think we need to look at the, the mission of the fund uh, and what we are faced with today with Chrysler Hall and scope. Uh, those facilities are tired. Those facilities uh, will, will need some, some repairs. So the core service of the, uh, of the fund was to increase business, business to the city, especially um, tourism and Pensions and, and visitors to our city, and to reduce the amount of, uh, of of our debt when financing bonds on these future projects. So when we started looking at, uh, you know, when I was in the legislature, we used to raid VRS, and, and we would get it from the teachers and get it from uh, state employees about the state you know, raiding VRS or shifting money uh, from VRS. But I look forward to Tommy this this comprehensive. Uh, study uh, led by Dr. Boone, and let's address pay and comp, and let's address all of these issues, but let's take care of the teachers in this budget, um, and then let's find that long-term solution, and I'm with you. And just, and just a, a quick response. The, the best public amenity is your kids in the future. Your best economic development are your schools, and the point of that public amenities, too, is to retain people so that when they come and visit, they say they want to live in Norfolk. Her budget is $10 million, and $3 million of that is a shortfall because we gave one-time spending that we didn't do this time. So if we don't even give the $3 million, she has to go back. The school board has to go back and make additional cuts. So those counselors that spoke and those uh, music teachers and art teachers that were cut, they were cut before the $10 million was even mentioned. So uh, the three extra million will mean more cuts on that. And then there was the seven million, which five of that was the paying comp. And then one million was the ISA and the one and a half um, and the uh, gifted teachers. But even just before that, the three million, we can say, let's give 2.4 million or whatever to the school system. But there's still going to be even more cuts if we don't make whole the three million that we gave last year. And in addition to the CIP, um, Doug, we used to give $3 million every year I've been on council, and for some reason we're only giving two this year. Last year I know we gave four, but that's because we added a million in to help them, but it seems like we took that away. And then I know we say that we handle debt services on buses, but I've been told that we sent them a bill for $190,000 to pay for the debt on buses. 
Sabrina <coughs> said that last year. So, I, I, you know, I think that there are some disconnects there, but I just want to make sure that everybody understands that's your economic development. This is a public amenity. It's your best public amenity probably out there, not fixing Chrysler Hall and Scope. Let's get some private donors to donate. If they like all those performances at Chrysler, maybe we need to raise a fund to help pay for that. All right, I'll, I'll stop yes, taking us yes, time. Um, I, you know, I, I agree with Tommy, and, and, you know, we've had this conversation year after year on what we need to do with the schools. And um, a lot of times, when I first came on council, you asked questions, and the answer would be, well, is that the will of the council? That was the response from the staff, is that the will of the council? So um, I, I don't know that the public amenities fund is like one of those new Gatsby items that we, once you designate it, it can only be for that purpose. But if it doesn't fall into Gatsby, then it falls into the will of the council. So if it is the will of the council to, and we have the money, then, you know, at some point we are gonna have to, I mean, at some point cutting is not gonna be enough and money doesn't solve everything, but it does take money, it does take money to fix things. And we're gonna have to put some money into the schools in, in, into their budget to give them what they need in order to do. So if it's not in Gatsby, then we can't move it. So, so Angela, I, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think that there is nothing prohibiting, there's no ordinance prohibiting uh, the council uh, from shifting or rating the public amenities fund. But remember when the increase uh, that was levied on the meals tax and the lodging tax was to benefit hotels and conventions and our, and our public uh, cultural facilities. So it's the spirit. What was the intent? Why was the money, why was the tax imposed in the first place? You don't want to start going down that line. We should properly fund public education the right way and not these, you know, these raids of various funds because, um, you know, you, you, start, you start with raiding the public amenities fund. Next, you'll be looking at other funds parking and you know risk management and you just start going we shouldn't we should not we should, we should not go down this line we should fund public education based on the based on the, <coughs> the study uh, that's going to start and should be concluded by October we should have a long view uh, a broader view on our our needs and how to properly fund uh, education for for years to come in addition to that uh, we should have uh, a school funding formula that's predetermined and as we grow as a city so, so should our appropriations to public education all right, all right. Um, yes miss Johnson um, I have great concerns as far as the uh, Norfolk public schools is concerned um, Ward 7 which includes three and four, we're taking a beating, a serious beating. Um, a beating to a point that um, is their thought process that we will catch up. No, been there, done that. As an instructional specialist and as a classroom teacher, um, 
which term I don't like to use on the west side of town. Um, if you were to ask me what is the learning gap between one side of town to the next side of town, when I was an instructional specialist, it was seven years. Some of the terminology that I used, some of the funding budget that I was taught um, as a classroom teacher and a future administration to discuss that coming to Super Ward um, 7 um, was not even suggested or was it known as far as what I was talking about when it comes down to individual schools budget um, or the budget as a whole. So Super Ward 7 is way behind and we have to um, get to work and improve on it. With that said, I am deeply concerned that um, the time was not spent between Norfolk Public Schools and the City um, Council. Um, however, the process, long the process, um, needed to take for us to make this decision dealing with the Norfolk Public uh, Schools. It's, to me, being three years on council, it's like last minute. It is always last minute. Um, we said um, both parties can sit down and we can get this right. We have failed to do that for the last three years. I am concerned that um, in the Norfolk Public Schools budget that raises weren't included. And so the, the, our constituents and our citizens come to us when it comes down to teachers' raises. And so I'm saying to them, have you gone to Norfolk Public Schools to discuss so we're all on one accord what the projected figures are, what our expectations are, how to move our um, schools uh, forward. Um, if it is at the will of the council, and I hear that a lot now, um, that it is at the will of the council, and my word is to, to be bold, to dare, to and encourage and step outside of the, the, the boundaries. We're going to have to fix this somehow. Burger T. Washington High School should <coughs> never have gotten into the condition that it is in at this point. This back and forth about it's Norfolk Public Schools responsibility, that it's the city council's responsibility. It is our school. It belongs to the entire city. It belongs to all of us here sitting at this table. And now we're prepared to patch it again. If we can put money in the budget for other schools, high schools, then money should be put in the budget across the board for all high schools. Again, it sits in Super Ward 7 where we're taking a beating. So I'm no longer at the point where I don't care whose responsibility it is to fix our school. We have to be the leader into going forward with making things better for our children. And we really have, Mr. Smeagol, you mentioned, as an instructional specialist, I have my budget. There are many federal fundings 
that the school system receives and it does have attachment. There are uh, line items that we cannot move um, because of the amount of federal funding that we accept. We can't move line items. It has to stay where it is. So with that itself, it says we're living in constraints within the school system within individual schools and especially the Title I. We also must consider that we are one. We have to continue to think that we are one. So if Super Ward 7 does not progress, we all fail. The entire system fails. The entire city fails. And this city council right here has the mindset to think that way, that we are one. We have to, there are many issues that we have to address as far as Norfolk Public Schools is concerned. I don't know where to begin, but I do know that there are certain um, concerns that we immediately have to uh, address. The children are our top priority. And I encourage Norfolk Public Schools leaders to think of it as the children and not personalities. And there is an elephant in the room, so let me put it on the table. The elephant in the room is this title thing. Who's in charge of what and who cannot cross that line? I hear that there are certain things that city council can't tell Norfolk Public Schools to do and Norfolk Public Schools can't tell the city can I really don't care. I want the education for our children to be fixed at any cost. It is about our children. And if we don't get to work, our children will fail. The entire city of Norfolk will fail. And Mr. Mayor and Mr. Manager, I don't know how we're gonna do it. But I do know that you are prepared to get to work and roll up your sleeves, as well as all of us sitting here at this table, to see how we can make things better for Norfolk Public Schools and work out the logistics and the formulas that we're, we're going to come up with. And now we're going into the end of a fiscal year. And we're talking about the fall, which means that we're going into another school year that we have not addressed the concerns of Norfolk Public Schools. All right, yes, Peter. So uh, the question that I have, Mayor, you proposed uh, an option where we would provide one-time bonuses for teachers um, <coughs> percentages. But, but my question is, I, don't, I didn't realize that we had the opportunity to propose specific funding. It's my understanding that we had a dollar amount, and that dollar amount was given to the school board, and the school board could then determine whether or not they wanted to add, add more PE teachers and counselors and arts teachers or not. Or they could choose with that money to provide bonuses to the administration or not. Sure. But we don't have that ability. Um, you know, I would like and was very happy that it was in the budget, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna bring this up. $150,000 put GPS on our buses that covered 19,000 kids, so we know that they're safe and on time. But I can't say that because I don't have a say on what happens in the school board budget. So I'm trying to 
figure that one out. Why are why can't we talk together? Yes. So you, you do have a say, and we uh, appropriate. Uh, the, the school board sent over their budget. Um, they passed the budget. Uh, however, we are tasked with funding. Uh, they can propose, but we dispose. Um, so we can uh, do the, these one-time bonuses, uh, and it's not going to be with any tax increases. It's not going to be with rating other funds. Um, we have the capacity to take care of our classroom teachers uh, and, and at the same time, develop the plan that maybe uh, that Councilwoman Johnson talked about, uh, a long-term plan where there is an ultimately a school funding formula that grows with our growth. Um, money doesn't solve everything. We have to have some attachments um, and some other um, items discussed. And we're prepared to do that. I mean, we have the, the access capacity, repurposing some of the buildings, taking over, taking some of the buildings offline, uh, comp and, and teachers pay, uh, the CTE school, um, facility maintenance, you know, zoning. You know, so there are a lot of issues that we need to roll our sleeves up and work with MPS, and let's you know put children first. But you just can't do it on the fly. You just can't do it on the fly. Um, and I'm not willing to, to just do something on the fly. I would like to have the comprehensive view, the long view. And I think that's what we're all saying, but saying it in different ways. <coughs> but these bonuses to me appear to be on the fly. And I'm, I'm very sorry, what? but I don't know where we've had this conversation where we're doing this and, you know, I get the teachers and I get the steps and I mean we did a lot of conversation we had a lot of people lobbying us from the sheriffs and the, um, the, the public safety and all of that and we had presentations about it and we understood it and but this bonus not that and again I my mom was a school teacher and um, and and the teachers are very very important to lives of children but I don't feel like this bonus situation, I mean, again, the, 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 the vast uh, range I'm not comfortable with because I don't know where it's going and to who and what, and that it just comes up. It follows, this, it follows the steps. It, it follows the, 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 the step process salary scale that's already put in place that's uh, identified by uh, Seco Waters Consulting their own plan so we're just taking uh, it just and, seems to me like it's out of the blue and that's where right. I that, that's where I am on it it seems so, to me like it's out of the blue so Angela it's it's a uh, it's a it's a it's it's trying to respond to teachers who had gotten their steps and I think a couple of weeks ago we heard from uh, uh, even Tommy that he has been pretty much stuck. And a lot of teachers and a lot of school board personnel are stuck. And so looking at the teachers with experience from zero to three years, from four years to 11 years, from 12 years plus, just follow the, this, this, this bonus follows the step. But again, it's not, it's not a, it's not one the time. cure. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. It's, it's not the cure. And one when time. we did the comp study for the others, 
we did not look at just one time. We looked at long range. Yeah. And that's and this is one time. It's a band-aid on a bullet hole. And I, you know, but you know. Yeah. So so the long view again is the is the is the study. It's the comprehensive study to address um, the, the the lack of of resources, some of the uh, uh, access capacity, and, and the list goes on. So hopefully, you know, we will work with the MPS uh, for the school improvement plan. So the others may, you know, want to chime in. Dr. Wilbur. So just as Tommy has trouble taking his principal hat off, I have trouble taking my school board hat off. Um, there are so many mixed feelings that I have about this. First, my biggest disappointment is that the success we had when I was on school board was closing the achievement gap. And, and we were able to do it, very frankly, without a large influx of money. We were able to, to absolutely break exactly what Mamie and Tommy is talking about so that there wasn't the disparity between Ward 6 and Ward 7. Um, I'm a little frustrated that I find this $10 million gap not particularly directed or at least not identified how that actually works toward closing that gap. So I have some frustrations with that. Um, but I will also say, and I love our mayor, but I absolutely feel that our role is not to designate money. And if we've got a pot of money that could we could spend on bonuses or very frankly spend on um, GPSs. That's not our call. And that we give the school board the money and they figure out how that's best because they know and we've charged them that as, as, as the citizens with knowing how best to further the, the uh, <coughs> education. I, I would agree with Tom. I think um, it's time to be bold. Um, and there's absolutely no question that our, I mean, so goes the school, so goes the city. I mean, I, we just can't ignore that. And I don't care what you campaign on. It doesn't matter if I campaign. This is, this is absolutely what is the most important thing. Am I totally convinced money does it? No, not really. I, I recognize school um, uh, salaries are important, teacher salaries. I would frankly tell you, Tommy, that some of the arguments about federal funds, let's say Trump's thing doesn't happen, it, you know, if monies are designated for in one direction, that still takes away then the responsibilities that the school system has for that direction. So, you know, you still can make the argument that you've got this much money at the end of the day that you're spending per student. And that's important. Um, that being said, I also think we had a promise when whoever it was, probably Mr. Riddick made the um, increase in the hotel and the um, food taxes. I think we had a promise. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've said it before, I'd go for um, a tax increase. I think uh, we have done very well with not raising our taxes and um, we had very little opposition, if any, toward increasing to build school buildings. My personal thought then, and it continues now, that I'd rather spend that tax, uh, tax increase on um, funding the budget. And I, I would, 
my preference would be to be bold, just like Tommy has said, and to do it with the tax increase. I think um, we can make the case. All of you have spoken very eloquently about this is the most valuable resource we have. And if we believe that, we can sell that to the public. Um, we really have a relatively very low tax rate. I, you know, I can hear the groans around the table. But, um, <coughs> and that would be my preference on this. Do we know? <coughs> Mr. Riddick? Yeah. You know, I guess if we had given a signal to the uh, property owners that we would be considering a tax increase, then they would be there. Yeah. So I don't. So think it's a little late. Huh? I don't think you can throw the pitch behind them. But I just have a question. And I'll ask the city attorney. Was, the, the money that people are fined and the Commonwealth attorney collects those monies. They are monies, right? I can I, I, whether it's state, maybe I just got to separate the state. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I'll confirm it. If the offense is a DUI or speeding mm -hmm. under the city code, right. which we instruct our offers to charge under, and the revenue is ours, and if it's a charge under the state code, then it's the state's revenue. So I'll get that confirmed for you, but that's right. what I think. And I, I guess my question is, okay, we have a, we have a commonwealth attorney, and he goes to court and I guess works for the city and he collects this money uh, but instead of him collecting the money in his office he has a third party collector over two million dollars a year that we're paying to collect our money so let's create a department and say well listen we're going to collect our own money and let's take that money and put it in the school district it won't solve the problem today but going down the road, what it'll do, we know we'll have a, a, a million and a half that some big fancy law firm has now. Uh, and, 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 and we can put it in our school. Like I said, it won't solve the problem now, but it's something that we need to consider. When we talk about uh, uh, salary increases for teachers, uh, I guess sometimes I look for results. And we haven't gotten the results. And I know our teachers work hard, and I was talking to a couple of my former teachers um, recently, and although it was several years ago when I was in school, those teachers did not get paid comparable salaries. They didn't get, get paid a lot of money, but they got a better result. And so I think we need a result oriented. Uh, I guess you'd say, I guess you'd say, hey. Um, <laughs> I believe the school, the, um, that the uh, teachers, you know, want to do a good job. But uh, I'm also concerned about the bus drivers and the janitors. You know, when we when we take those bus drivers and we and we pass those bus drivers on a daily basis, and they have kids, you know, going through our streets, uh, dealing with people on cell phones and texting and all that kind of stuff. We put a lot in their in in, in their hands. And so if I'm going to look at something, I'm going to see what we can do to help, you know, bus drivers and the individuals on the lower, you know, uh, echelon. Um, <clears throat> I don't have any issues with, uh, you know, the school district and the teachers, but I think if we were going to talk about a, a tax increase, we should have talked about it, you know, years ago as opposed to pitching behind the runway. 
Are other issues, uh, again, we have, this This is a work session, and today uh, is to just put questions out there. Uh, Mr. Manager, our next work session, hopefully you bring some answers. I will. And then the third and final work session, we will reconcile. Um, I have one other thing yes, I want to talk about. Uh -huh. The wastewater workers. That $4.29. <clears throat> that was taken from the, this is the second hit that they've taken. And I guess Christian Lentz or <clears throat> Tucker might have some history of this. But during the Regina Williams administration, it found out that these wastewater workers were actually making more money than some of our people on the you know eighth and ninth floor. And Regina put in a cut that just got actually killed those workers. And then if we have just recently put in another cut, and we hit those uh, workers when they come out for emergencies for $4.29 an hour, you ask a household owner what's worth being able to flush his toilet and everything go through, being able to open his, his water line and get clear water, or worried about somebody getting $4.29. We gotta stop trying to build our budget on the backs of the lower uh, echelon of our workforce. And so that's one of my concerns. I just wanna make sure that uh, it's clear that at the next meeting or whenever that there are two different opinions about the school system and we are each have one vote on council and there are three council members who are asking for increased funding for the schools so when you present that to us that that has the mayor's plan for bonuses but it also includes money coming out of the public amenities fund um, and what that will do so I'm many things. Clear is not one of them, but I will get there. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Can that money be used? Yeah, the, I mean, we are not restricted from rating any, uh, well, not any fund, but there are some funds that's non-general fund that we are prohibited from, um, from, 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 from shifting, but then there's general fund dollars. But I think back to Terry's um, point uh, about when the, the, the meal tax and the lodging tax was, was <coughs> imposed, um, it was for a specific purpose and a specific use, and you know, I, I agree with her um, in, in that regard. How much do we get a year from that? Uh, Six million. Seven-ish. Okay, Greg. Public amenities fund, seven or eight million dollars coming in. You know, I was <coughs> between seven and eight. So you you've got three pieces that I've that I've encouraged. You probably haven't had time to look at them, but one is a pretty good explanation of the of the premium pay issue, and one of the challenges is. We've got to be consistent. And so we've made some changes to enhance that. So we can make changes, we'll need to make them across the board. So that's, uh, that's one. The other is we gave you a pretty good um, explanation of the public amenities fund and a little more detail than we've given you in the past of some of the history. So that, that was in the packet. And the other piece was um, on the funding formulas and um, sort of what would have happened if we had put a couple of these formulas in place. So we, did, we showed you if we had used Chesapeake's or Hamptons or Virginia Beaches, and we just picked 20. If we'd gone back to 2014, what would that have meant? To start giving you some context for, you know, as we work toward that formula, perhaps next fall. And, and I want to make sure you understand, I wasn't saying permanent public amenities fund use. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying the jump started where there's bigger money in the first two years, it does go down because of the surprise of the debt uh, capacity that we're going to take on the conference center. Which, by the way, that's one of the reasons why I voted against the May, because people don't know that there's more to that. It wasn't just the initial cash. But um, 
I, I want to make sure that you know that it's just the initial to help jumpstart that why we're continuing the conversations with the school board on where we can end up saving money one time so that we're not just kicking that can down the road I also want one other thing Paul because you you were here in 2003 when that was voted on um, that tax is every restaurant and hotel in the city of Norfolk and this was the first time in the memo that you sent to us that I saw that it was for downtown projects. I would agree. I've never seen, I've that, never before. seen that before okay. since I've been on council. I've always been told that that was for use for anybody in the city. Now, <coughs> if that's the perception, then definitely I want to get rid of that tax right now and give it all to the school. I'm just saying, you know, it's downtown has seen its its share of funding in the city. I don't know. Plus, they have a special bid at $1.25 or whatever, and they get extra money that they can use for projects and things downtown. 131. Is it yeah. 131? I'm oh, sorry, but 131. But it doesn't matter. So, but, so, I mean, but I agree that it has never been in an, in fact, I think we've even used public amenity funds for other areas of so we'll double check so, If I could ask one thing, because we're going to run out of time. Uh, a, a few of you have talked to me about other things, and they're, they're fairly modest, uh, 10000 here, 25000 here. I think we've got a pretty good list of those things. So when we come back, next week and I'll make sure that you everybody sees all of that stuff but if you've got something that we didn't talk about tonight just obviously call me or, or send me a note and say hey I want you to look at whatever this piece is. All right I got one announcement so I want everyone to check their calendar uh, to see if we can have interviews for the city assessor candidates uh, either May 25th or would you prefer June 6th at 4 p.m. I'm gone June 6th. I can't do the 25th now because it's the Distinguished Alumni Awards for MPS and I got it. So I've got to. Yes, yes. I thought we had another date like the 30th and the 31st. It was an option as well. I thought we were doing it right before. Everyone was agreeable to May the 25th. Okay. But I think Martin p.m. and now Tommy says I can't do the 25th now. I'm willing to um, acquiesce and you guys can um, interview without me. Seriously, I, I'm well, more than that. She can phone in on that, can't she, under the word? I can what? Call in. From Paris? Oh, oh is that where you're going? Oh. Pardon me? Uh, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, so let's we'll, we'll get some more dates. We'll get some more dates. Because it looks like a Saturday. Does so, it have to be well, a weekday? Let me no. get some more dates. Okay. No, it's okay. not going to be a Saturday. So the 30th in work? The 30th? The 30th is fine. I need money. I'll get what about the 30th? Traveling folks. I'll get some dates. The 30th? I'll get some more dates. So let's get upstairs. I'll get some more dates. That's right off. I'm I'm like, you know, I was fine with you, Mark.